Whenever you're ready, you're good. Alright, hello everybody and welcome to What to Discuss Now. I am your host AJ and I am joined tonight by my co-host Steve. Steve, why don't you go ahead and say hello? Hey, how you doing everybody? Be sure to check out the relaunch of uh, my website, www.creepylovely.com. Had to give a shameless plug there. How you doing, AJ? I am doing good. So, surely, you know, we talked about this last night. I honestly felt like... We did. I honestly felt like the performances were good, and the pacing and the cinematography was excellent, but I just felt like mm-hmm. the story was trying to be too melancholy for the kind of story it was aiming to be, and it just did not sit well with me. I didn't particularly hate it, but I thought it could have been much more with a better story to it. And I love Elizabeth Moss in it, but she was about probably the only highlight in the film that I really had. Interesting. Well, uh, bouncing off that, I got to say, uh, and then we, we disagree on this one. Uh, I will go ahead and just say that unabashedly, you know, call her out of space. I know it's been an off year so far for movies because of the, of the pandemic. Uh, but um, even so, so maybe, maybe call her out of space or something. But uh, this is close to, if not the best in, for me, the new release I've seen all year. And when you say even the performances, like I thought uh, Michael uh, Stuhlberg, if I'm saying his name correctly. Yeah. Who I, lo- I love him and everything. I thought he was fantastic. I, I uh, At one point I said they should both get Oscars uh um out loud to myself but no i i thought it was perfect like i the only thing about me is that like i i wanted more of what it was offering that was the only thing and that was just yeah. me i'm just i'm just greedy but i thought the movie itself the pl- i loved the story i loved the story i didn't have the same problem with the story you did um i know sometimes that i like i don't more let's say more moody things maybe than you do sometimes well, maybe I- that's fair I do love moody and atmospheric things. I just thought the storyline it shows was like, I don't know, it just felt more like a Lifetime kind of movie to me or more of a Hallmark kind of story plot than I wanted to see. And I just was not all over the story like you were. Yeah, no, it, it all worked for me. It, every single piece of it did. I got to be honest. There wasn't, like you talked about, but the stuff that really shined too, in a movie like that, I thought that they really brought that period alive. Like, yeah. and so when you're talking about, if you want to talk about the positives that we both agree on, so I'm not just sitting here saying, no, I liked it and you didn't. The the the, the period uh, that they were creating, I really felt like it felt like Elizabeth Moss really embodied at least the legend of shirley jacks i mean who knows with some of these authors i mean i know that a lot of people do know what they're like but it's some of the things i'm sure embellished over time and you know you do print the legend as they say but she really did i'm a shirley jackson fan not a super fan but i if i hear shirley jackson i you know my ears perk up it's definitely in my wheelhouse so uh i it was exactly how i'd always kind of pictured her um so I thought that nailed it, and just you're talking about the the cinematography, the lighting, and the costume excellent. design too was excellent. Uh, yeah, the like, co- yeah that, that I, I thought there's so many potential 
I know I don't think we're having Oscars next time, but I thought there's so many potentials for awards here on a technical aspect, even if that's what you want to talk about. I thought that, uh, yeah, the, those like the, the entire period just came to life in front of me. And I, I really love those dream sequences, too. Um, I thought those dream sequences, I, I wish there would have been a little bit more of them. Maybe then it would have seemed more indulgent. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Like the uh, dreams that she had, I loved them. I, that's kind isn't of, that awesome? Yeah, the more, I wanted more of that. Like if it had more of that, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. And there, Like if it was even more surreal. Right, like there wouldn't be so many uneven issues with the movie that I've had. Yeah, and at the end of it, they even insinuate um, I kind of thought that the whole time, the, the one obvious thing was the revelation that I won't spoil right now about the, um, her husband. Right. I won't spoil what it is, but I thought that I thought they were going to go there the whole time. And that was my only complaint with the movie is the, is the kind of, is the end a little bit. I, I, I was sold then when, when we get back to the house in like the very, I thought that last scene was brilliant, and I love the dy- the dynamic. What really sells it to me was Elizabeth Moss and Michael Stuhlberg's dynamic. Like yeah. them, they were dynamite together, and there was it was very nuanced. There's like they get along, but you know they they betrayed each other, and it's just this complicated marriage. You know, and and I just thought that was great. And I agree with you on the end game of this movie felt really predictable, and yeah, I thought. If it was in the editing room, I would have saved off maybe 10 to 15 minutes because it just felt like it had so many endings within. It did. It ended three times. Yeah, that's what I felt like. It ended three times within the last half hour of the film. Yeah, it was like they couldn't decide which ending they wanted, so they were like, fuck it, just put them all in there. Yeah, it's like the opening uh, title sequence in the room where Tommy uses like three different logos because he didn't know which one to use. Yeah, he's like, well, I can't decide, so we'll just throw them all on there and see how it goes. <laughs> and that's how I felt about the ending of Shirley, and I just felt like I even looked at the time when I was watching the screener link Neon sent me. I was like, really? There's 25 minutes left? I just felt like it ended like 10 minutes ago. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a... Uh... And there's a there's a, there is a couple things I don't know if I wasn't maybe I needed to just see it a second time but there were some pacing things like um, all of a sudden the baby was born and yeah. I didn't you, that didn't it seem like there was a scene that was chopped out that shouldn't have been left on the floor uh, that, like a transition scene that never happened yeah and yet they kept all five endings in the like, the last thirty minutes of the film. Yeah, you know, it's like, did she kill herself or did she go off and, and become kind of mad and free? And, uh, you know, it's like it's like, it's kind of almost you get to decide. I, you know, I know what I think, but, you know, I I don't think that she killed herself. Um, I thought that was all Elizabeth Moss finishing the book in her head. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. And I think this movie tried to be a little bit too hard to be like at Eternity's Gate rather than its own thing. At times, like with the melancholy, like I had issues with before, that's what something at Eternity's Gate excelled in. And I think it just tried a little bit too hard to be like a replica of that. Well, with that being said, um, I I do want to say that I thought the movie was excellent. Like, I think I don't mean to pick it apart because I thought the story was very moody and the score was beautiful and, and creepy. And there was just a lot of like cat and mouse 
kind of hijinks between these dynamics and these four people. And um, it's witchy. Uh, there's some surreal elements to it. There's a lot of stuff going on, and it's the kind of movie that I like. Um, so I, I really would recommend it. I think Elizabeth Moss, who I initially did not like, I am not a, I'm not a Handmaid's Tale fan. Um, uh, I, I didn't think I would like her. And then I saw The Invisible Man, which I also didn't think I would like. Uh, so she, in my opinion, is on a roll, and I've come full circle. I think she's one of the most talented people in Hollywood. Yeah, so he's, um, almost, she so he's almost doing like a Jake Gyllenhaal kind of thing where he just did a 180 in like that one year he had with like Southpaw and everything coming out where he just had hit after hit after hit. Yeah, like the, he's got like the, uh, is it the not the fighter, but um, sorry, uh, like Prisoners and, and, and Nightcrawler. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And I just, uh, boom, boom, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's kind yeah, of like. He's, and he's great. And it's kind of like what Elizabeth Moss is doing this year, and yeah, I those those are both two great and very far out performances from each other. And it, I overall, I'd probably give Sterling a two and a half out of five stars on my opinion because it was just too uneven for me. Okay. Yeah, no, I would give it four out of five stars. Maybe even four and a half. I, th I thought, like I said, I think it's the best movie I've seen this year. The problems I have with it, I don't even know if they're problems with the film or it's just something that I need to see more uh, of. Watch it again on repeat viewing that would work better um, or enrich with meaning. But I think it's a layered film. And I think that uh, anybody that, that likes Shirley Jackson, the period, or just uh, a good period piece um, that's a little dark is going to have a ball with it. So I highly recommend it. Um, yeah. So four, yeah, I'd give it four. A good solid four out of five star film. And I usually love period pieces, and it's not something you see in Hollywood anymore because the costume designs just get so expensive and tedious among period pieces. I, I'm surprised I didn't really enjoy this one. Yeah. Was this, do you know, was, was Shirley supposed to come out on Hulu all the time? I think Neon might have signed something with uh, Hulu because now Neon has its own network channel on Hulu. Uh, okay, yeah, there you go. That's what I noticed uh, last night. And That makes sense. The PR firm uh, emailed me back and let me know that it's already on Hulu. And I'm like, did Neon sign something with Hulu? Because the launch is already on there as well, and so is... Space now, the Lodge Earth. was awesome, too. I thought the Lodge was awesome. I think Neon's just running away with everything this year. They're doing, they're having their moment, but I still think A24 is the better studio. Yeah, I agree. So, next up is The Wretched, and this one I think we both really love because it's really just an 80s throwback the way they made this film. You know, I got to tell you, uh, time has has not been kind to the wretched in my mind, though. <laughs> I enjoyed it when I watched it. I got to tell you, I enjoyed it when I watched it, but now um, it's not one of my favorite movies of the year. When it when it sat, it didn't sit with me well. Right. But I don't think it's I don't think it's bad. I just I liked it better before it was the number one movie of the year because of the, or the number one movie of the week because of a pandemic. Um, and right. then I just wanted to tell people, no, everybody, it's it may not be worth eight dollars. Um, oh, that's mean. Uh, that I don't mean that. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you, you mean. mean. Like, you may not have to rush. You know, you may want to wait. 
Um, it's okay. It's 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 a good way to kill ninety minutes. But I, you know, when you see that trailer, when you see that poster, I'm wanting some folk horror. Like I want, like I I remember yeah. looking back at it today, just looking at the promos. I remembered what I thought it was going to be, and then what it is uh, is kind of different. Yeah, and I love the atmosphere, the moodiness of the film, but some of the performances were uneven throughout the film it felt like to mm-hmm. me i don't know how it felt like to you like some of the ah. like some of the performances were really good and then just some were just kind of meh yeah i think that that's you know you just said kind of meh that's <laughs> kind of now that's how i feel about the wretched is an entire experience i'm like yeah I mean, it's all right. It's a good way to kill any minutes. I don't really have much else to say. There were some really cool moments. There were some. There were some really cool moments. But um, you know, I live for horror. Uh, that is my deal. That's, that's what I write about mostly. It's what I want to do. It's just my whole deal. And it just it felt like a lot of um, a lot of stuff. So, you know, you get your you get your amazing films each year from the right. indie circuit, and then you get a lot of stuff like that. That's 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 smaller budget. That's fine but isn't revelatory or anything it doesn't have to be you know especially now we're just trying to be entertained and it's, it's definitely entertaining but i don't know i think mileage will vary with the wretched yeah and i kind of agree like when i watched it in fantasia i loved it but when i got the screener a second time i just wanted like a refresher of it like i didn't watch the full screener the second time but i guess that's yeah. kind of the point you're making too where it just doesn't sit well over time but if you're looking for a good folk horror kind of one-time watch i think you'd really have fun with the wretched just not stability flavor to it yeah definitely it's just not you know even with something like the lodge that i saw recently that's a movie that left that kept me thinking after i watched it really disturbed me that was excellent the wretched um, the Wretched just the, the I think that a lot of its flaws are in its promotional materials. It just promises yeah. an experience. Like it's trying it's to get happening. that. It's trying to get that crowd to go see it from right. the it's trailer. To yeah. <laughs> and I went. You know, I <laughs> went quote unquote. I, I I paid my ticket. I watched it, and and at the time I would have given it a much better review. But uh, and, and and so my just to get to slightly more specific, uh, my my biggest problem with it, I keep hinting that you know it does promise all this folk horror. It's more a suburban kind of um, uh, so what's the word? Cautionary tale? Not a cautionary tale, but it's just more like a suburban horror where like uh, something from the woods infiltrates the suburbs. So it's almost like a supernatural siege movie almost, and it right. feels like. It just feels way more suburbia than it ever comes close to feeling like uh, folk horror to me. Like it feels much more than a nightmare on Elm Street too. Sure, than yeah, anything de- else. definitely. But, but you know, it, but it's nowhere near that good, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or that awfully good thing, you know? Like a nightmare on Elm Street too is so awful, it's good. God. Oh, I thought you meant the original. I was like, um, we're going to have a whole other discussion if you think the original's awful. No, no, not the original. I'm talking about A Nightmare on Elm Street 2 where they take it to yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. suburbia America, kind of. And, you know, I speaking of that quickly, if you haven't seen Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, my God, so good. 
We should talk about that sometime soon because that was a documentary and a half, my friend. And that I got awesome. I got the time if you want to go ahead and talk about it now. Uh we sure. I I can talk about it briefly. Um, uh, just Mark. It's it's a documentary about Mark Patton uh, who played the lead in Nightmare on Elm Street Two, Freddy's Revenge, and uh, Jesse. Um, uh, and it's about his experiences in Hollywood leading up to that. And then, uh, it, in, it involves the AIDS epidemic when it initially broke out in America in 85. And, uh, but it's mainly about how, um, well, it's, it's supposed to be, it, it sells itself as part two ruined his career. Yeah. But watching the documentary, you kind of learn a lot more and it is, it's, it's kind of bigger than that, but it's definitely, it's, it's a great movie that's inclusive uh, for homosexuality, for the LGBTQ community as a whole in horror. And uh, it's very moving and, and it's human. So I, I would, I, I just, I recommend that to anyone. If you don't like documentaries, I don't think this one's going to be hard for you to watch. If you're not a Nightmare on Elm Street fan, I don't think it matters. I think that it's just a good documentary. And it packs such a surprising emotional punch to it throughout yes. the whole damn thing. It almost made me ugly cry on the inside. I mean, there was just some parts of this documentary that was really touching. Like, it was almost like watching my mom watch an episode of This Is Us, heartbreaking. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, I never knew any of this about Mark Patton. I've seen part two my whole life until, you know, I when I've seen Never Sleep Again, of course, when it came out. So that's when I learned about his problem with, with David Chaskin or whatever and, and the issues. But just his whole story that you find out in the documentary about, about, about contracting AIDS and having to fight through that and, you know, just everything that he, he went through. Um, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's very, it's very moving. I think it's, probably up there with the top five documentaries of the year in my opinion with definitely once rare brothers about the band and uh spaceship earth spaceship earth is just so batshit crazy everybody should watch it oh yeah i you know I've, i watched about half of that this morning i'll have to report back when i've seen it all but so far nuts <laughs> dude <laughs> i mean who had that idea for spaceship for the biosphere was <laughs> it feels like oh, yeah, a, I'm a crazy guy <laughs> it feels like a cult film the way they portray I know it, it feels like it's gonna be like wild wild country almost when it starts <laughs> and the thing about scream queen I I loved everybody being a part of it you know it didn't exclude anybody from the cast it had so many great interviews but, yeah, and it was just so emotional to watch. Yeah, this movie's found its place in culture. I mean, I have the I have the Rue Morgue that, uh, or well, shoot, yeah, it was Rue Morgue, wasn't it? That had the Freddie and the Rainbow sweater last year. They show it in the documentary. But I, I remember when I got that. It's just I think that it's become an important movie in terms of uh, LGBTQ acceptance in the horror community. Right, like what I'm trying to say. And, and the documentary shows that transition. And it did. At the time, it was like, uh, it was uh, like the suburbia fear of your child being gay. In, right, right. It was, a, that it, was, it was supposed to be about homophobia, apparently. Right. Depending on who you believe. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just kind of took a turn, and they were like, no, it's secretly about homophobia. 
And they were like, uh, it's not so secret if you watch the movie. Yeah, it's pretty open. And like, it's been, gosh, I think I've only seen A Nightmare on Elm Street about two times. Oh, you've seen that one only a couple of times? I've seen them all so many times, I could never even tell you. But now I kind of have a new appreciation for A Nightmare on Elm Street 2 after that doc came out. I do too. I do too. I don't see how you could not. So I, I would give it very, I would give that a 5 out of 5. I would give it a 5 out of 5 as well. And awesome. Thank you, so, yes. thank you so much, Steve. It's been fun as always. Always, man. Have a good night, AJ. You too, Steve. See ya.